The world around us is changing rapidly, and your job as a fundraiser or nonprofit marketer is evolving with it. We're pursuant. We're built by fundraisers for fundraisers, and we've been in your shoes. So we want to bring you tips and tools that you can use to meet you where you are in your current reality and help you go beyond to where you really want to go. You're tuned in to a pursuant listening experience. Hey, hey there, podcast listeners. This is Taylor Shanklin with Pursuant. And today we are bringing you the second episode in our Digital Summit series. And I'll be talking today to Leah Davenport. She's on the marketing team here at Pursuant. Now, some members of our team recently attended the Digital Summit in Dallas and had some great takeaways from this conference. Leah and I sit down to talk about her aha moments when it comes to branding and what she learned at the conference. Hope you enjoy the episode. Hey, Leah, how's it going? It's going well, Taylor. How about you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm really excited to chat with you about the Digital Summit. We're doing this Digital Summit Takeaway Series because some members of our team at Pursuant went to the event in Dallas recently. It's a large event focused really more on the for-profit sector, but we love to look at what's happening out in the market and and what are for-profit companies doing and big brands doing that we can learn from and apply to the nonprofits world and professional. So you had some really interesting takeaways that we were chatting about over the, you know, cup of water or something and uh, (laughs) a cup of water Uh, really about brands and some things that you picked up on. There was a big theme on branding at this event. Tell me what you really had as an aha moment. So something that was super fascinating that I kept noticing in all the different sessions that I attended, and it didn't matter if it was a session about email or if it was a session about social media or just like rebranding, but the recurrent theme that I noticed was that increasingly consumers are looking to the brands that they feel affinity to for moral direction. And I don't know if that's a response to just the way that our society has become increasingly complex. There are just a lot more people with different religious beliefs, with different political beliefs, all contributing their voices to the mix. And I can see how that could make people want some some kind of idea of stability, some kind of idea of like, well, what are the brands that are making a difference in society and what do they have to say about what it means to be a good person? And so what I kept seeing across these different speakers is that brands that are successful are ones that take risks and say things that kind of sometimes risk being offensive, but the overall they stand to to gain a lot even if there there is risk there at the beginning. Yeah, I think that's an interesting point because nonprofits are often risk averse, right? Well, we we want to kind of speak to all people. This is actually something that I've I've talked about with nonprofit clients before is when we and heard this feedback when we try to speak to all people, we actually diluted our brand. And so it's interesting to see how these companies are starting to say, we're going to take a stance and oftentimes are connecting the dots between what they do 
and social responsibility and social impact. So I think that that's interesting. You had mentioned to me something about finding a cultural moment and having an opinion. Let's dig into what you mean by that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. So probably one of the most infamous ad campaigns from the past couple of months is Nike's partnership with Colin Kaepernick. And what they said, and, and for those who are may not be familiar with that, Colin Kaepernick is known as the NFL player who took a knee during the national anthem in order to protest police brutality towards black people. And so he was largely criticized um, and ostracized by people within that, within that organization, but other people hailed him as a hero. And so Nike decided that they were going to use him as a spokesperson for, their, for one of their campaigns. And it was a very stark black and white image with the caption, stand for something even if it costs you everything. And what's funny is some people absolutely loathe this campaign. They, you know, I'm sure you saw people on social media going out and burning their Nike shoes. But what was funny is even though Nike initially experienced a slight dip in their stock price, soon after that, their stock shot up. They raked in like something like $6 billion because people who are behind this message of like taking risks and taking a stand for something, it just really hit home with them. And so you also saw this in um, some other companies like Lyft decided that they were going to take a stance against their competitor Uber, who's been criticized recently for how they, how poorly they treat their drivers. So Lyft had this email campaign that went out with the hashtag, thank your Lyft driver. And it was saying, hey, we're going to take a stand about being polite and kind and treating people with respect. And they've continued to have campaigns like that where uh, recently during the last uh, midterm elections, they had a campaign going out saying, hey, we will give you a free ride to your polling station. Now, they weren't saying you have to vote for one party or another, but they were saying it's important to get out and have your voice heard. And there's a couple other campaigns we can talk about, Taylor, that were highlighted at this conference that have just made, have really been picking up and participating in this trend of saying, hey, like people want to identify with a brand for saying something bold. Yeah, I love it. I mean, when we look at the, some of the most successful brands, they are the ones that really do take a stand and that's both in the for-profit world and the nonprofit world. You know, the ones who are very, very clear with their position on things, with who they are, with what they're about, with who their audience is. Not everyone's going to love you. That's just life. So figure out what it is that your stand is and be really firm on that. Stick to it because I think when you wobble around and you do dilute that message, it's like you sort of end up, you can end up losing both sides, right? So the example with Nike, sure, they lost some people, but they gained a lot of traction with other people. So, you know, and they just decided to put a stake in the sand and say, this is where we're standing on this issue. And uh, I think some could argue it was a terrible branding move. Some could argue it was a brilliant branding move. Right? It probably just depends on how you felt about the issue personally. I like the idea that you and I were talking about too with REI closing their doors on Black Friday and doing this 
opt outside campaign. That was really cool. Again, just saying, hey, it's the busiest shopping day of the year, but we're going to close our doors and let our employees go outside and, and play. And it's nice to see companies doing, making this sort of a move. Yeah. And what I love about that REI example is, you know, in this case, REI, they're not, they're not wading into any hot political waters. They're not, they're, they're not casting on one side or the other, but what they are saying is, Hey, our company, we value being outdoors. Like we sell outdoor gear and apparel and our philosophy as a company is that people need to spend more time outside. So about four years ago, they started this opt outside campaign where they closed their stores on black Friday. Um, they said, Hey, we want our employees to be able to go outside and enjoy time in nature with their fam- their friends and family. So we're not, go- we're going to potentially risk not making money on one of the the biggest sales days of the year so that our employees can go out and actually live out our brand values. And they've just passed their fourth year of the campaign and it's kind it's become an annual tradition. And there's lots of, there are actually a lot of other brands and stores that have followed in that wake of saying, Hey, you know what? We're not going to, we're not going to be open on this crazy consumeristic day of the year because we're going to make our money other times. We're going to make our money knowing that our customers are going to be loyal to us other times of the year. But today we want you to go out and enjoy time with your friends and family. Yeah. And like every year they continue to kind of add some new element to that campaign to keep it fresh. And so that's another, that's another really key insight is that if you kind of hit gold with something, it doesn't have to be something that becomes wrote and stale, but it becomes something that you build on and evolve over the years because you've recognized that there is something that you've done and said that resonates with your audience and with your your brand's values, and you've continued to play it out over the years. So let's zero in a little bit on something that you said about you don't have to, taking a stand doesn't mean it has to be something political. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times people feel like, oh, well, we've got to, we don't want, need to be PC or whatever. Taking a stand doesn't mean necessarily taking a stand politically one way or another, or even necessarily always on a controversial issue. It, it certainly can, but it also, I think, and Leah, I'd love your thoughts on this. I think it's really about defining your values as an organization. And then leaning into those values always when it comes to your brand and not straying from those values. What do you think on that? Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of some some examples of nonprofits that I see doing that or brands that I see doing that. I mean, obviously, the REI examples is a really great one. And I also love Lyft. The, the example I mentioned earlier about them saying, hey, like, thank your Lyft driver. Because as a company that is a alternative to taxis, they recognize that their brand value is as a service provider. Their company that is providing a valuable service to people who need a convenient way to just pull out their phone and get a ride somewhere and be able to know who's picking them up, you know, leave reviews and create this culture of transparency between the person providing the service, the driver, and the person requesting the service, the rider. And so what Lyft, what was so brilliant about Lyft's campaign 
to say thank your Lyft driver saying, hey, like, you know, there are lots of people that work in the service industry that don't honestly don't get treated very well a lot of the time. And so what can we do as customers to, you know, put some, a little bit of ourselves into the service and not just treat it as, you know, robotic as just a transaction, but really recognize that it's a relationship. I mean, how many people do you know who, who they've just gotten, they've just gotten, they've come in, they've flown in, they took a lift from the airport and they, they come in the door and they're like, I just had the best conversation with my lift driver. There are so many times when I have just made some really awesome connections with a stranger who was driving me somewhere and we've you know never connected afterwards, but there are people who make an impact on your life, even if it's just for 30 minutes. And that's amazing that Lyft uh, was able to tap into that. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, anyone who's waited tables ever in their life knows a little bit about <laughs> getting picked on when you work in the service industry. I speak from experience of waiting tables in college. <laughs> so okay to wrap it up I want to go back a little bit to where we started in the conversation about being risk averse and taking a stand you pointed me over to this article on Inc and we'll link to it in the and the notes here on the on the podcast post but it's about five ways to encourage smart risk taking so when it comes to you know this kind of common theme of feeling like you can't take risks. We've got donor dollars at stake, right? What were some of your takeaways from this article about how to approach a risk-taking mentality in a a way that's not so scary, let's say? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's that's definitely true. Um, I think what we see a lot of times with nonprofits is they, they do tend to be very risk averse with just about anything, whether it's messaging or maybe changing up their financial model. And it's for good reason. And you are operating your organization from donor funds. And so you want to be accountable to them and that, that you're stewarding their resources they've given you wisely. But I really think when it comes to cultivating a culture of smart risk-taking is it really has to come from the top. So if you're a leader at a nonprofit or you have some measure of influence at a nonprofit, it really takes modeling that behavior. And so it means figuring out what's a calculated risk. You know, don't be foolish. Don't be, don't be, don't take risks that are, that are foolhardy, but look at, look at places where you say, you know what, like we can, we can, outline our brand's values in such a way that we can take calculated risks. And I think also it comes from nonprofit leaders really honing in on what those core values are. I think so much so much as nonprofits, we focus on what we're solving, the problem that we're solving, the people that we're serving. But if we take a step back from that and say, okay, this, this is the problem that we're solving in the world, what does that say about what we as an organization value? And I think that if you percolate that, you permeate that across your, the entire culture of your organization and you reward people and, like, and, and also rewarding people who maybe fail, like they take a risk and they fail, but they were bold and they were brave in that, reward that behavior, incentivize it because it's going to lead to your organization being a lot stronger and resonating a lot more with your donors. 
Yeah. And, and that's how you get to, I think, you know, that focusing on the core values, really leaning into those is that's how you get to determining what your, your stance is that you take with your brand. So love it. Love it. All right. Hey, Leah, any closing thoughts? Just that, you know, today people want to know what people they respect think. And so as an organization, as a nonprofit, you just have an incredible opportunity to tell your donors, hey, like this is what you're supporting. You're not just supporting this cause, but you're supporting this set of values. Um, And even if that means you lose some donors, you're going to create a lot more loyalty with those donors that say, hey, I'm about that too. And I really want to lean in and increase my commitment with you. Yeah. Love it. Great stuff. Great takeaways from the digital summit and uh, love the the thought process you had in applying that to to the charity world. Thanks for coming on. Absolutely. Right. Thanks for having me. See you next time. Hey, y'all. Thanks for tuning in with us. Be sure to check out all of the latest and greatest Pursuant resources at Pursuant.com or drop us a line at info at pursuant.com.